Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Created by God, as we pick up in Psalm chapter 8, verse 5. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Thou hast made him, God created man in his image and after his likeness. So you have the choice to believe that man created God or God created man. But to me, if I'm going to have any kind of a logical base for existence, I must believe that God has created me. Otherwise, life is without purpose. I'm living in a puzzle in the middle of a muddle, and there is no reason, rhyme, purpose or for existence or being. I came by an accident. I'll go by an accident. Tough. Life becomes completely empty dehumanizing if you try to take away from thou hast made him. Thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. Now the angels are God's ministering spirits. They've been sent forth to minister to those who are heirs of salvation. We see the order now of beings in the universe. It is God, angels, man, Animals, plants. Thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. But you've crowned him with glory and honor. I look around the earth in which I live. I see all of the life forms upon the earth. And I realize that I have been crowned with glory and honor. I am the highest order of God's observable creation here on the planet earth. And I see the accomplishments of man. Think of what the world would be if man wasn't here. Both good and bad, isn't it? If man wasn't on the earth, they wouldn't have polluted streams, polluted skies, and threat of destruction by nuclear warheads. And yet also, if man wasn't here, there would be no music, there'd be no poetry, there would be no beautiful paintings. There would be, you know, the, the earth, would, the earth would, would miss so much as God has placed in man the music and the beauty of expression. You've crowned him with glory and honor. You made him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. God has given us dominion over that work of his hands. The the earth showeth forth his, his handiwork. So we have dominion over the plants. We have dominion over the animals. Over the earth. God gave it to Adam. Have dominion over it. Now that is dominion in the sense of dressing it, keeping it, taking care of it, developing it. It isn't dominion in the sense that I can destroy it if I please. I can waste it if I please. I can recklessly, carelessly destroy the natural resources if I please because I have dominion. Not at all. The idea is to dress it, to keep it, to take care of it. You've given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Crowned him with glory and honor. Now, this 
in a broader sense, of course, applies to Jesus Christ and is used in application to Jesus Christ in the book of Hebrews, the second chapter, verses 6 and 8, and it has been made to apply to Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. You see, he was God, not Michael the archangel. If he was Michael the archangel, then he wouldn't have to have been made a little lower than the angels. He would, have been the, he would have been an angel, and he wouldn't have had to have been made a little lower than the angels, but he made him a little lower than the angels and crowned him for the suffering of death. As, as, as an angel, he could not die. As God, he could not die. And thus he had to be made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. And God has put all things in subjection unto him, but the author of Hebrews said, we do not yet see all things in subjection unto him, but we see Jesus made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor. So all of those things that God has put under man, the sheep, the oxen, the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passes through the paths of the sea. A sea captain was one time in the hospital and the nurse was reading to him the Psalms and when she came to the eighth Psalm, she read that last, she read the eighth Psalm and when she read the last verse, he said, read that, or the next to last verse there, verse eight, he said, read that again. She read it again. He said, read it again. And she read it again. And he said, that's interesting. Paths in the sea. If God has declared that there are paths in the sea, there must be paths in the sea. And so he began to put out bottles and he began to chart the sea currents and discovered that there are definite paths in the seas, the sea currents. And from that time on, the shipping industry began to follow the sea currents, saving thousands upon thousands of dollars in fuel because they go with the currents. There are paths through the sea. O Lord, O Jehovah, our master, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. The ninth psalm is to the chief musician on Muthleban. Muthleban is the death of a son. This could have been when Bathsheba's first son died. I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. When my enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. For thou hast maintained my right and my cause, and you sat in the throne judging right. You have rebuked the heathen, and you have destroyed the wicked. You have put out their name forever and ever. O thou enemy, destructions come to a perpetual end. And thou hast destroyed cities, their memories is perished or their memorial is perished with them. But the Lord, and here's contrast, they have perished, but the Lord will endure forever. He hath prepared his throne for judgment, and he shall judge the world. Now you're building thought upon thought. He's prepared his throne for judgment. He shall judge the world with righteousness. He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. The Lord will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in time of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. 
Sing praises to the Lord which dwells in Zion. Declare among the people his doings. When he maketh inquisition for blood, he remembereth them and forgetteth not the cry of the humble. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Consider my trouble, which I suffer of them that hate me. Thou liftest me up from the gates of death, that I may show forth all the praise in the gates of the daughter of Zion. I will rejoice in thy salvation. The heathen are sunk down in the pit that they made, and the net which is hid for their own foot, their own foot is taken. The Lord is known by the judgment which he executeth. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. And that Hegion is meditate on that. The wicked is uh, snared in the work of his own hand. Just meditate on it. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations that forget God. For the needy shall not always be forgotten. The expectation of the poor shall not perish forever. Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. Oh, God, answer that. Put the leaders, the heathen, in fear that the nations may know themselves to be but men. We so often get an exalted idea of ourselves. Why do you stand afar off, O Lord? Why do you hide yourself in the time of trouble? You ever prayed that? <laughs> Lord, why aren't you doing something about it? Why do you seem to hide yourself when I'm in trouble? The wicked in his pride does persecute the poor. Let them be taken in the devices that they have imagined, for the wicked boasts his heart's desire and blesses the covetous whom the Lord abhors. The wicked, through pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. His ways are always grievous. Thy judgments are far above out of his sight. As for all of his enemies, he puffs at them. He has said in his heart, I shall not be moved, for I shall never be in adversity. His mouth is full of cursing, deceit, and fraud, and under his tongue is mischief and emptiness. He sits in the lurking places of the villages. In the secret places doth he murder the innocent. His eyes are privately set against the poor. He lies in wait secretly as a lion in his den. He lies in wait to catch the poor. He does catch the poor when he has drawn him into his net. He crouches and humbles himself that the poor may fall by his strong ones. He has said in his heart, God hath forgotten. He hides his face. He'll never see it. And so he describes the wicked in his deeds. And the idea, the, the consciousness is that God has forgotten. He hides his face. He doesn't see. There is a mistake that people oftentimes make. And that is they mistake the patience of God for blindness. Because God hasn't already smitten them, hasn't already destroyed them. They begin to get a comfortable feeling like, well, God doesn't know or God doesn't see. It's always a dangerous position to be in. David says, Arise, O Lord. O God, lift up your hand. Forget not the humble. Wherefore does the wicked contemn God? He has said in his heart, Thou wilt not require it. 
Thou hast seen it, for that you behold the mischief and spite to requit it in thy hand. The poor commits himself to thee. Thou art the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked and the evil man. Seek out the wickedness until you find none. The Lord is king forever and ever. The heathen are perished out of his land. Lord, thou hast heard the desire of the humble. Thou wilt prepare their heart. Thou wilt cause thine ear to hear, to judge the fatherless and the oppressed, and the man of the earth may no more oppress. Psalm 11 is to the chief musician. It is the psalm of David. In the Lord put I my trust how do you say as to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? My trust is in the Lord. Why should I flee to the mountains? Why should I try to hide from trouble? My, my trust is in God. For lo, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string that they might privately shoot at the upright in heart. Now, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? I think that this is a very interesting question that we need to ask ourselves at the present time as we look at the state of our nation and we see the foundations being destroyed. The moral foundations upon which our nation was built are being destroyed. The liberal Politicians are undermining and destroying the foundations upon which this nation was built. And if the foundations are destroyed, what are the righteous going to do? The thing is going to crumble. Even as Rome was conquered not from without, but it crumbled from within because of the rotten planks that once held the nation, Rome, strong, the, the law and so forth, became corrupt, rotten. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in the heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids try the children of men. The Lord tries the righteous, but the wicked and him that loves violence his soul hates. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire and brimstone, a horrible tempest, and this shall be the portion of their cup. For the righteous Lord loves righteousness, and his countenance doth behold the upright. The chief musician upon octaves, the Psalm of David, Psalm 12, Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. Remember when Elijah said, Lord, they've all bowed their knee to Baal, and I, only I am left. Lord, the righteous man ceaseth. There's none left. Help, Lord. The faithful fail from among the children of men. They speak emptiness, every one with his neighbor, with flattering lips and a double heart do they speak. He's been around Hollywood. <laughs> the Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue of those that speak proud things, who have said, with our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? For the oppression of the poor and for the sighing of the needy, now will I arise, saith the Lord. So God's answer, he's praying, help, Lord, the godly ceases. People are just, you know, speaking vanity, everyone with his neighbor flattering, and they're saying, hey, we'll do it with our lips, you know, or we'll prevail with our tongues and all. 
And so God answers, For the oppression of the poor and for the sighing of the needy, now will I arise, saith the Lord. I will set him in safety from him that puffeth at him. And so the psalmist responds, The words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in the furnace of the earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. The 13th Psalm to the chief musician, Psalm of David. How long will you forget me, O Lord, forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? The cry, O oh Lord, how long do I go on in this trial? How long, Lord, before you deliver? Consider and hear me, O oh Lord, my God. Lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest the enemy say I've prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. Comes on strong at the end. He speaks of the confidence of the victory that shall be his. I will sing unto the Lord, because he hath dealt bountifully with me. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. God's estimation of man. None righteous. None that seeketh after God. None that are good. No, not one. Paul quotes this in Romans chapter 2 as he is laying out his premise and developing the theme of the whole world guilty before God. Paul then quotes this, there is none that seeketh after God, there is none that is good, there is none that is righteous, no, not one. Have all the workers of iniquity no knowledge who eat up my people as they eat bread and call not upon the Lord? There were they in great fear, for God is in the generation of the righteous. Ye have shamed the counsel of the poor, because the Lord is his refuge. Oh, that the salvation of Israel were come out of Zion. Oh, that the Messiah were come. When the Lord brings back the captivity of his people, Jacob shall rejoice and Israel shall be glad. Looking forward, actually, to the kingdom age when God finally restores the people from captivity and the rejoicing that shall take place. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? The psalmist asked the question. Who's going to dwell in the holy hill? Who's going to dwell in the Lord's tabernacle? And he answers the question. Thomas Jefferson says of this answer that it was the picture of the true gentleman. As David answers his own question, 
Who shall abide in God's tabernacle and in his holy hill? He that walks uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaks the truth in or from his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is contemned, but he honors them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changes not. Now, a lot of times a person will take an oath, but when they find out that they made a mistake, they'll change it. But a, a truly honorable person, if he said he'll do it, he'll do it, even if it cost him. He who swears to his own hurt, yes, I'll do it, and then finds out, hey, it's going to cost me, but he goes ahead and, and does it anyhow. He doesn't change. A man of his word, something that God really looks up to. He that puts not out his money for usury, charging an exorbitant interest, nor takes reward from the innocent. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. This is the man who will dwell in the Lord's tabernacle and in his holy hill. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse -verse Bible study in the book of Psalms on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Psalms 8 through 15 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of The Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse -verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. Now may the Lord be with you and keep you in His love and grace. May you be enriched in Christ Jesus in all things. And may your understanding of God's love be increased as you begin to fathom the depths, experience the heights of God's love and grace and mercies towards you through Jesus our Lord. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Lately, social media and our newscasters are predicting that worldwide calamity is right around the corner. In fact, so-called experts are saying we don't have much time left on the planet. Can we really believe this? Maybe they're just trying to scare us. Everybody seems to be asking the question, what is the world coming to? 
But as Christians, we don't need to be anxious because the answer is found in the book of Revelation. The Word for Today encourages our radio listeners to pick up a copy of Pastor Chuck's commentary on the book of Revelation entitled, What the World is Coming to. Known for his simple teaching of the scriptures, Pastor Chuck's commentary will help every reader understand what God's plan is for the human race. Not only will this book educate you about the future, it's an excellent resource to equip you to give an answer to those who don't recognize God's coming judgment. To order your copy of What the World's Coming to by Chuck Smith in print or in digital format, please call 1-800-272-9673. Or you can order this book online at thewordfortoday.org. 